Welcome to the Frame of Flower podcast. This is episode number 35. I'm joined by some very special guests, uh, Bethany and Justin, the founders, the owners of Falcana Cannabis. Thank you guys for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, we're, we're all three of us, we're, we're from the Washington State market. Um, and I've heard so much about you guys. Uh, you guys, you know, whether it's the quality or, you know, um, the strains. You know, I've just heard a lot about you guys, and I'm super excited to have you guys on the show. So let's just jump into, like, I guess the background, your guys' background. How did you guys get into cannabis? You know, how how did it lead into Falcana? And we'll go from there. So you know, the first one, your little cannabis story. Well, I mean, for us, I mean, we kind of. <laughs> so I was 18, and Justin was 24 when we met, um, and I had never. Um, you know, smoked cannabis until uh, I met Justin. So obviously he's a horrible influence. No. Corrupting. Um, no. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, but so pretty much um, we started in the cannabis side of things. Uh, I mean, I really started using cannabis because I was getting these migraines when we were um, going through college. Uh, and I, it just was, it kind of got to a point where cluster migraines. Yeah, cluster migraines. So, so she would lose her eyesight. So yeah. At one point we oh, were wow. in a 1987 Mazda two wheel drive pickup truck, um, bombing through Albany, Oregon. If you've ever been there, there's about a hundred thousand stoplights and I'm driving in this little pickup truck. Like if we get T-boned by anything bigger than a Subaru, we're done, <laughs> but she can't see. I'm like, aneurysm, what the heck's going on here? Right. Yeah. Bombing through town to the hospital to get her there um it was awful it was terrifying you know wow. and before that i smoked recreationally just a little bit um or you know as medicine for the human condition right because that's kind of what it is for yeah. me yeah. um but yeah so we i mean kind of long story short i mean pretty much i was getting these cluster migraines they kind of we went the traditional route of you know pills pills <laughs> right and it just didn't really do much for me um other than just make me feel really sick so it's kind of like do I want to be like stick to my stomach or have a migraine, yeah. you know? Um, and so those were pretty much the trade-offs and we found that cannabis just worked awesome. Um, you for- kind of figured out that she could feel the pressure kind of start and have a toe yeah. basically and kind of get it to subside. And then just was kind of like, Hey, let's just be proactive about this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just, you know, have an evening coming back from school or whatever, just to have a toke. And um, it's been, what nine years now since you've had a serious yeah. headache like that yeah so i mean it, it kind of i mean cannabis just made it completely go away um which we've you know which was i mean it's awesome I mean, cannabis is first and foremost definitely um a medicine like yeah it not to not to say that recreational use isn't awesome i mean obviously i i i use it recreationally just as much um now but at that time it was really effective for for what I was going through. Um, and so for us, like, that's kind of how we started in the space is we, we couldn't get consistent product for what I was looking for. Sometimes we'd get stuff and, you know, it'd be more sativa leaning and, and I, my personality isn't great for like sativas. So, um, <laughs> so it's just like sometimes, the same way. I don't, yeah, sativas don't mix well with me either. Yeah. So just, yeah. it kind of make me anxious. Right. So we were like, well, 
we should grow our own. Um, and then that way we can really manage, you know, these, these migraines. Um, and so that's how we started uh, into the spaces is, is growing for ourselves. Yeah, and we're pretty hands-on folks with most stuff mm -hmm. that we do, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. From gardening or remodeling a house or what have you, we'd like to kind of just get in there and get stuff done. So we started growing and our first grow, our first growth ever was a 400 watt light in the closet of a 1988 Airstream travel trailer. Love that. So it's a two yeah. foot by two foot by four foot tall space. Put a 400 watt light in there, got some fans cooling it and did a little hydroponic system and literally it just crushed. We absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we had Fox Farms nutrients, yeah. but, but we had exceptional genetics. We didn't know at the time, but we had to hook up through our community of friends and got exceptional outstanding yeah. genetics. What were some of those genetics, by the way? Early, early on ones. There was, there was a pre-98 Bubba Kush. There was a Black Domina. There was an AK-47. There was an OG Kush. And there was one more, I think, wasn't there? Yeah. And a master you, won, you won my heart with the pre-98. I was, we were talking on the phone. I'm like, uh, yeah, I asked her specifically. I was like, do you guys, because you were, you were talking about the genetics. And I was like, wait, do you guys have the pre-98? And she goes, yep. And I was like, Yes, I, I love pre-98, yeah. So you're ready to hear a tragedy? So yeah. we had these five exceptional strains and we didn't really know, we didn't know much at all. We're like, wow, this is great. Our friends are like, you grew this? You grew this. This is what you need to do. And we're like, oh, cool, you know, yeah. this has worked out good. And we, we took a, a clone you know, of a couple of them, you know, rooted cuttings and, and let the rest of them die. Just didn't know any better because the one was our favorite, the pre-98, you know, it was pretty blue color and real sparkly, right? Like we... It was good weed. Um, and then we started collecting seeds and doing other cuts, right? And so months went by and we're like, uh-oh. Years went by. Years went by, uh-oh. And now it's been, what, 13 years ago. And we're like, we should have kept every, every single, single one. one of those they were, whoever, whatever old hippie had collected those or old outlaw, whatever, they kind of came from Central Oregon, but was connected to the Southern Oregon and in California, right? These, the, yeah. the flow of genetics back then kind of made their way up. Yeah. Um, they were all exceptional. And I wish I had every single one of them yeah. today. So we got a really important lesson in the significance of genetics early on. Yeah, our first grow, right? And so yeah. after that, we have coveted genetics and been incredibly thoughtful um, in yeah. keeping them yeah. in. Uh, and to not be biased towards stuff. The right. biggest thing is everyone, you know, you always love it if you grew it yourself, right? But you have to, you have to remove that bias and say, how does it compare to you know, the gold standard that we, we started with, which was that pre 98. So absolutely. And things come back into style, right? Like when I was, yeah, I was talking to Bethany, she mentioned that I thought that was a really good point. Like, you know, it all comes in waves and might as well keep it all or definitely keep yeah, it. Yeah. Exceptional weed 30 years ago is still exceptional weed today, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. I mean, we, we definitely throw back and make sure that we keep, I mean, we have a, a pretty massive seed bank um, in both genetics where something that, you know, we wanted to keep, but we, um, you know, don't want to have it in cycle. So we've done a lot of um, back crossing to itself, feminized crosses um, and, um, you know, taking our best stuff and crossing it with stuff that we know we want to keep yeah. into okay. our, into our lineup. And so we have, you know, at this point we have more seeds than we'll ever be able to wow to run <laughs> right? yeah you want to grow out a bunch of sisters at one time sister seeds to, to get the best of what those genetics kind of have to offer so as we've gone along we get something that's really good or unique or interesting but we don't really have room for it right now in, in our program we'll back cross it to all of our best stuff save all those seeds and at a later date we'll, we'll work through those so. and back oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So I want to, I'm going to come, I want to come back to the genetics because I think that's like really smart of you guys with the long term. Um, but you know, that I, I think you guys are extremely smart for that. So I want to start back the intro though. Let's get, or like backwards. So like, let's keep going on this, uh, uh, you know, recalling the history of you guys coming all the way till Falcana. So you guys are, you started growing because you, for headaches, right? And then um, how does that transition into medical? Yeah, so that was in that was back when we were going to school in college. So pretty much, um, we we met at a falconer's house. So so Justin and I both met through falconry. Um, so Justin's sponsor is actually like a, pretty much a world famous falconry sponsor or or, or falconer. So um, in falconry, you can't just go out and get a bird. You have to find someone who's willing to essentially assume the liability of, of sponsoring you, which is really difficult to find that person. A lot of people don't want to sponsor people. It's incredibly time consuming to sponsor someone, the liability of it, you know, so, so, um, Justin, first of all, we need to like preface this. Justin is the luckiest person you'll literally ever meet. That's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, um, so Justin and I met at his sponsor's house. So in Falconry, you have to have someone who actually sponsors you to, to um, be able to get into Falconry. A mentor. Right. A mentor, essentially. Your mentor, so he, so I flew up um, to, to, to meet Steve, his sponsor, and Justin was there. So we hit it off right away. I mean, it was uh, pretty obvious to both of us that like, oh, this is my soulmate, like literally within two I days of knowing each other. Yeah, I think, I think about two weeks after I met Bethany and she went back down to Texas where she was living at the time, uh, I basically told my mom, wow, if I can get this girl to marry me. It, oh, it's I love that. Done, you know? I mean, but it was just, it was just so obvious. You know, I was 24. I'd had some girlfriends and stuff up to that point, And... I mean, it was just as clear as day. And I, not that everybody should hold out for that or anything. I don't think it's that common, but it was, Yeah, it, it was just, a, it was just, a, it was like zero or one, right? I mean, it's just, yes. Yeah. You guys are both one. the luckiest people ever. You know, you guys yeah, both have, so you know, I love that. Obvious, right? so, yeah. so we met um, and um, six months after meeting each other, we were married. So like it, it, wow, it was, six months? yeah. So it really was love at yeah, first sight, so, but you know, like, like we, it took, we wow. In, we met in February. I went down, um, I, I'm the oldest uh, of my siblings, um, and I come from, like, a very structured. Uh, How many siblings very, do you have? I have two other siblings. I have a brother and a sister. So uh, very, very structured, very business-minded. Both of my parents are incredibly type A people and incredibly controlling. Um, and so there was a pretty major fallout, uh, a lot of drama with me leaving. Um, but at the time, it was definitely for the best. Um, I, I needed some space. Um, and I just didn't want to go in the direction that they wanted my life to go in. Um, and it, it, you know, it just was really obvious to me that I loved him, you know, so we, we, Met, so we met in February. I moved up in June. We got married in August. Um, and then from there, we just full throttle. I mean, we, yeah, we've been at it. Wow. We've basically been up on a plane ever since. Yeah. How, many, how many years in total? How many years How, how many years since? Like, uh, so we've been together. Um, this will be 13 years in. Wow. Uh, Congrats. In, wow. Yeah. June. So. Sweet. Yeah. So what are some of those things, you know, uh, you mentioned some of them slash when I was doing research uh, and this blew my mind. Um, 
So what were some of those things that, you know, your, your parents wanted you to go this pathway, right? And you were like, I don't know if I really want to, like, what, what was your upbringing, Bethany? I, so, like, so my, so when I was 14, I um, essentially dropped out of school and started working for them full time. At, at that time, they own multiple different title companies, uh, some real estate holdings. They're also um, uh, involved in the renewable fuels industry in a really big way. Uh, so I was helping out with their companies and really they were just, they were in need of good help. You know, um, they were growing so quickly with all the different companies. And so, uh, I transitioned to working for them full time, um, at 14. And so I was pretty, like home that blows my mind. Sorry for every, like, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, what were you doing when you were 14? Right. I mean, I was... <laughs> I just started selling weed and like, I literally, you okay. know, like that's, yeah, that's, but not yeah, really. I was, wearing, what I was, was wearing cut off jean shorts with no shirt, you know, up to my belly button in a river fishing for steelhead when I was yeah. 14. That was yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's wild. That's it's, yeah. it's nutty. Yeah. yeah it's dope. So, so, so yeah, homeschool, I, sorry, homeschool kind of transitioned into, well, you know, you're doing a good, you're, you can help us manage these companies. And then it just kind of spooled up from there. Right. And so we, um, yeah, so, so from that, uh, I obviously learned a lot about business and, and, and for me at, at my age, so my parents were, uh, like corporate, you know, um, high level corporate workers in the renewable, uh, and oil industry. Um, and so they, they quit doing that to become entrepreneurs. So, um, that's, that's, and I got to see that all, you know, from like kind of the age of like. 10 to 18 so I got to see the hustle the, the the work you know that they put in there and I was definitely a part of that um and so really I have a, a great foundation um in business but we didn't see eye to eye on what my path in life was you know they were really adamant on me becoming a chemical engineer and um you know, kind of taking over and pursuing what they were doing uh, on the on the renewable side of things. I wasn't super interested in that. Um, it just wasn't really my passion. Definitely at that time, you know, cannabis wasn't my passion. It just, um, that's just kind of how it landed with us. Um, but I always was really into uh, animals and plants. I, I, you know, I love, I love nature and um, just everything about you know, animals and plants. I just love it, right? Like I, I had salamanders growing up. We had, you know, dogs. I was always, you know, doing everything. I was always outside. Um, I got my first uh, falconry bird, a red-tailed hawk when I was 14. So, um, you know, when Justin and I met, um, a lot of people are like, oh, that's really nice that you got you into falconry. And I'm like, well, actually. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, both, we both got into falconry at a young age through a book called My Side of the Mountain that a lot of people are familiar with. And so we kind of read this book when we were young. Bethany got her bird right away. I was kind of plugged into the prolonged adolescence program of public school system and then into college. And so I didn't actually end up getting my first bird until I was 24. So uh, Justin was an apprentice when I met him. Yeah. Okay. Um, which there's like different classes of falconers. So there's an apprentice. You do it for two. If you're a falconer for two years, and you have a sponsor, you're an apprentice. Then you take a, uh, then you move up to a general falconer, and then you're a master falconer. Wow. So I was a general falconer when I met Justin, um, and 
so we, anyway, so we hit it off with the falconry side of things, but yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of my, my background. So like people are like, oh, 18, that's kind of young. Ugh. I'm like, yeah, she was, in, she was a little more mature than probably your average 18 yeah. year old. Her first um, question, right? So I'm like, this is pretty fun. Okay. You know? <laughs> and she's like, how much money you have in savings? And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> oh, that's not going to, can we talk about something else? You know, <laughs> savings, you know? Yeah, so, and you manage, and you manage like, you manage older, like you manage like thirty-five year olds, right? I mean, I was definitely, I was, I was definitely managing people on a pretty high level with my, with my parents. Yeah, so it, it was definitely, um, people definitely did not think they were talking to a fourteen-year-old when they were on the phone uh, with me um, helping <laughs> at the time. Uh, actually, I, I had an alias name even um, for some of the businesses, but anyway, so. It was definitely very uh, incredibly beneficial. Yeah, incredibly beneficial, but also difficult. like like not a whole lot of childhood going on, you know. Like like, and my parents, I have a much better relationship with them now because I'm an adult. But like when we were kids, we were still treated as adults. Like they're they're they they didn't really give us any slack in the way of like. You know, it's like, why are you behaving that way? In a way, like, why aren't, can you just grow up? You know, and it's like, I'm 12, I'm 12, you know? So, <laughs> you know, so it just wasn't, they just didn't have a lot of patience for um, the, the kid side of our behaviors yeah. and stuff. And now that we've gone through what we've gone through to get here, you could recognize, wow, how challenging would it be to go through that business building phase with children too, you know? Yeah, with yeah. kids. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I see, you know, they were really tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we got together um, and then we immediately went to Oregon to start college. Um, we're, we're in, we're we're in, we're in college. Corvallis, Corvallis. And we're you like, guys went to Oregon well, what State? What do you do, right? You go to college, right? Like that's what everyone's solution is when they don't know what to do. You know, that's what all of our adults are telling us, right? Go to college, go to college, get some student loan debt. Uh, so, yeah, it's a scam, by the way. I'm a huge. I, I don't even get me started sure. right now. I, I'm. I, I literally. I will rant right now about how much I hate college. But or the whole yeah. Anyway, I mean, keep going. <laughs> for, for us, um, college really worked out because we got some FAFSA money that we were able to use oh. to buy real equipment with. So. <laughs> oh, that hey, college actually did something beneficial, right? <laughs> our, last, our last semester that we did, we we had like. Um, Bread making, bread making class and like desserts class yeah, and then because we were like okay farming. well we need the FAFSA money for these grow lights uh because justin was working uh 12s at lowe's um which they fired him by the way because he was working too fast for everybody else and center. messed up their distribution flows they literally said you work too fast we're gonna have to let you go it with so, the program, Justin. You're, you're just you know, too good. Yeah. I just put an audio book in my ear and just go for it, you know. But they didn't like that, so. Yeah. yeah. He was, the problem was is he was helping other people when he would be done with unloading his truck, and they were like, "Oh no, 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 yeah, no! Don't, you don't, you, you can't do that." So. I, I get the old, sense right? really, really quick. So, like when you guys were saying at the very beginning, I, I, I wanted to say this then, but um, when you guys were talking about when you you first started growing and you guys like crushed it. I get the sense that you guys are this, you know, this, this couple that I feel like you guys would crush it at anything you guys did. 
Like, well, like, we, definitely, I, we definitely go all in, you, you know? know? And I think we were both similar children where, like, I was told I'm obsessive. And, oh, yeah. I feel bad for your wife someday because yeah. you're so obsessive and yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, but it's amazing, you know? I'd be like, you, yeah, you know? You have so many questions, right? You have yeah. so many questions. You know, so we both were, which is really funny to us because, you know, Justin growing up in a small town, um, it's just funny to see the people yeah. now, like, and they're like, Oh, you found the same person as yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so we we so we went to, to to college for a year and a half, and the whole time during that time we were growing weed in our Airstream travel trailer. We convinced our landlord to let us build a what looked like a chicken coop, but was actually a weed grow. Shout um, out to Beth. Thanks, shout Beth. out to Beth and George. Rest and George, in peace. rest in peace. Um, so they were definitely awesome landlords and really, really helped us out, um, and let us kind of just go for it, you know? Um, so we had like our chickens around our, our chicken coop. Um, but they never got to go inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sorry, it's not for you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, We we vented the heat out the floor (laughs) with a big 12 inch vortex fan to try to keep it from cooling down. That's nuts, Uh, dude. But, but that, so, and we just we just have literally organically grown so we've gone from an airstream travel trailer closet to like a chicken coop, coop to like a garage to a bigger garage to a shop building to multiple shop, to multiple shop buildings to a you know our, our facilities so we came up to washington basically mm-hmm. not long after and started our dispensary right so we were like everything was kind of hitting on a medical market at that time and Oregon wasn't quite as far along as Washington um, at that time, as far as like plant numbers, because it became really obvious to us. We were like, well, we need more plants, you know? Yeah, and this is for the um, clarify the medical license to be able to grow, like the number of plants that, you know, a licensee can grow, right? Right. So at yeah. the time, Oregon was six, I think. Three licenses in one, and Washington was three licenses of 15, so you could have 45 mm. plants. Yeah. So, um, so we moved back up to, to, to Washington, to Port Angeles, which is about an hour from where Justin um, lived, you know, when he grew, where he grew up. And we picked, we, we picked Port Angeles, um, one, to be close to his family, but also because it was like the right demographic, it's a lot older people. And so there were a lot of medical patients. It's a higher end, um, you know, living location area. We didn't want to be like right in in the city, like in Seattle and stuff, because there are just tons of raids going on all the time. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, knock on wood, but there were never any raids on the peninsula for any of the mm. medical shops. What um, year was this, by the way? So we started uh, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine is when we moved up to to start our med- and so we were the yeah. first medical dispensary on the Olympic Peninsula. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then from there, tell about the meeting of the sheriff. So we went and met with the sheriff first, right? The, the actual sheriff of the county said, "Listen, yeah. here's our understanding of the law. Here's what our intention is to do, you know." And, and he's an awesome guy, fantastic sheriff, and, and basically said, "You know, alcohol, underage drinking, and pills kill people in my county. Marijuana doesn't. So as long as you're following the letter of the law, as as I understand it, you know." And then he looks at Bethany and he's like, "He's like, could you get some face tattoos or something?" Because if we do have a case and you're the face of this medical marijuana, like we're going to look real dumb. That's, that's super smart of you guys. I mean, you know, you know, now like now like checking in with regulators or enforcement, you know, like 
that was still not a super well-known tactic. And you guys, the first, you guys were the first yeah. medical on the pen, peninsula is, and also is Penens is, is, um, Port Angeles right next to Bremerton or I, I can't remember. No, no. So no, okay, yeah. Washington state's like this and you have like Port Angeles is okay. here and then like Bremerton's over. Like yeah. Right okay. Now. So it's South more. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the canals in between. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, I, that was just the way that my parents kind of taught me how to do business. It's like, you just be like really upfront with people. Like we're not gonna, you know, sneak around. Like we, we literally called the, you know, I called the sheriff and I'm like, Hey, I want to set up an appointment to talk to the sheriff, uh, the deputies and the sheriff. And she's like, well, why? I'm like, cause I'm setting up a cannabis dispensary. And like, I just want to tell them what we're going to do. And, and, and they need to meet us. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so we just sat down with them and, and just told them like, look, this is, this is the, the law. This is where we feel like we are in the right to do it. And um, he's a libertarian, he was a libertarian sheriff. He was, he was so awesome, yeah. super receptive to it. Uh, and, and we never had any issues with them at all. Uh, yeah. so, you know, you ever give any medicine to him? You ever get any medicine to him or no? <laughs> no, absolutely. You, you, you wouldn't say anyways, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We couldn't disclose that. But no, we, it's <laughs> when we did talk to them, Justin was like, what, what is your, it, it was funny what we said. Um, as far as like the, the whole plane deal? When, no, 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 when you're talking to the, the deputy, um, when, when we went to the meeting, essentially, Justin's like, yeah, you know, well, some people like to, oh. to smoke because they were like, just because just, just, Justin Justin breaks ice to everybody. So Justin is Justin's definitely the funny guy. So I basically right? yeah, I remember was, yeah. I basically said, well, you know, some of us consider cannabis to be, you know, the contemplative man's uh drink, right? And and he's like uh, the sheriff's like, oh deputy over here, you know, he doesn't he doesn't drink scotch in the evening to contemplate, he just wants to get drunk. <laughs> so we kinda we kinda had a good chuckle and it was, kept it lighthearted, you know. But then they're like, Listen, you guys know more about the law than we do. So send some notes to our lawyer and we'll make sure that you what you're saying is above board and Yeah, and of you know, course, you know, I was I definitely selected the parts of the law that definitely were working very much clearly defining, letting us do what we want to do. And there's a nice lesson for, for anything entrepreneurial in there too, that um, people used to ask, how do you get started? How do you do this? It's like, there's a point where you just go. Yeah. That's it. That's the secret. Go start. Go. Right. Absolutely. And then yeah. You're not going to know how to do it until you're in it, you know, and you're going to make a lot of mistakes and fail a bunch and then you're going to figure it yeah. out. I mean, you only fail once without experience. The second time you have experience, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just, you do, and that's really yeah. right. I mean, you just, you, back then it wasn't like there was like a handbook that was like, this is how you start a medical dispensary, you know? I no. mean, it, it was pretty much, everybody was winging it, you yeah. know? Uh, so anyways, yeah, we spooled up from there. We had the dispensary location. Um, for, for eight years and yeah. then recreational hit and um well, I think we had a grow shop too right we, we had a grow shop right grow so shop. we, we oh, had a grow shop. shop at the same time and that really helped us level up on our grow skills because what would happen is people would come in and they would want to grow in a certain style and we also offered consulting so what we would do is set people up with completely different setups than our own and then Justin would go and consult them and kind of like we were able to compare you know, over 20 different grow setups to kind of come up with what we felt like worked the best, you know? Um, so that was super helpful and leveled us up a lot yeah. uh, in our knowledge by having that grow shop. And then also, you know, we wanted to get supplies 
at cost for our own grows, right? Yeah, so it, it, it worked out in, really well. And the plant limitations were kind of a blessing at first because we had years of a set number of plants and a set space. And, you know, we just, Bethany's uh, very detail oriented, right? If you pick that up. So we just go over every detail on every aspect to increase the efficiency for quality and production, right? And so we just over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, until you just kept doing it. You, you kept, you know, you just kept going at it and kept making mistakes and learning. Like, and I wanted, and I wanted to highlight like that. Thank you, by the way, for, and I, I love, like, I, I want to talk to entrepreneurs. This is kind of what actually why I started YouTube for, for cannabis, but you're so right. Don't be afraid. Just keep doing it. The more you fail, more likely you're going to be able to learn from it. And it's, people are afraid. People are just afraid to just do it. Yeah. But uh, like yeah. before I met Bethany, I wasn't like afraid, right. For, like, but I didn't, I just didn't have that. Literally, she basically just came into my life and said, hey, go, you know, and I'm going to come with you, but, you know, Absolutely. live your life how you, how yeah. you, like I knew better. And she just changed my paradigm on existence, right? Everything, my hobbies from falconry all the way, everything in my life, I just took myself up a level, with, which was within my capability the whole mm -hmm. time. I just didn't have a muse, right? Helping me to see that that was what I needed to do, so. I love that guys. You guys, you guys are, you guys are fucking amazing. Mostly, mostly uh, I'm just lucky. So there's that. Yeah. You guys are both lucky, but like, it's just, yeah, I love, I love the story. And I just, you guys entrepreneurial ability, understanding it's and, and, yeah, and legit. Also, like, something that we saw a lot in, in the cannabis space is people would, would hit some success and then they would like, ball out you know what i mean They'd buy a new motorcycle and like, strap it in the back of their truck and drive through town like yeah because it's still a small even, town you yeah. know so we just so so <laughs> we knew all these stories of all these people doing the whole doing the um for the trophies right yeah paying money for all these trophy uh all these trophy cups and everything. all the cups the and they would spend so much money with like all like just trying to pay for popularity you know what i mean and and you know it just doesn't for me I, I just have always, like, we've always been focused on a different path. Like, I, I, we, we, we could care less in the nicest way what other growers think of us, you know, yeah, and with, all respect, with all due respect. But, but we just don't, we, we're on our path. We, we have our personal goals of what we're trying to accomplish in our personal life, um, you know, be it, you know, a house, a house in Montana, uh, you know, investing in our falcon breeding project in a really big way. Um, you know, we we have our personal goals, and so for us, cannabis, I'm we're not looking for props in the sense that like we need to to throw huge parties and have people show off to people. Yeah. yeah, and and we yeah. saw that happen in the medical space a lot, and those people don't have a business. They they're not in rec. They didn't make it. They didn't have the the fight. Because I, you know, when Justin and I, when we started, I said, look, what we're doing right now doesn't take much capital, but there's no other business that exists that that makes this kind of money and takes this little capital. It's going to even out. Like when recreational market hits, when taxes hits, when business, you know, standard business practices hit this market, the margins are going to shrink and you're, you're going to have to to hit it at scale, you're going to have to understand basic business practices, and there's just no way this is going to last. And so, we saved 
everything. We, yeah, I mean, we we didn't, we didn't buy a new vehicle. And the yeah. other thing is too, those those grows that were flashy like that, especially when you got closer to Seattle, the 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 DEA was after them. Oh, yeah. the, the state yeah. was after them. They're like, where'd you hit, where'd you get all this money? You know, because it's like. So, so if you were flashy, you were targeted. And so we just, I mean, we drove our old truck until recreational market hit because we did not want to look like we had done anything. And then when rec hit, we had a nice amount of savings to go, to go at it. Which was then, yeah, all gone (laughs) to get started in rec. You guys are like shrewd. You guys are shrewd. Like that's so, you know, I was in medical the last two years of Washington before it got down. But like, you know, imagine those people that you're talking about that are showing off, right. That, that, you know, spend all that money. And then imagine if like the transition they would have to make to come over and be like, cause that's the way you really survive is the way you guys are operating. And to be honest, like I was one of those people back, you know, when I was, you know, like, you know, I had six cars. You're the cool kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was that asshole cool kid who realized I was a fucking idiot. Literally, dude, I had three Mercedes Benz. This is, this is in college. I, or this is like my freshman year. This is like when I'm 18. Yeah. 18. Oh yeah. I had six, six, seven cars. Just that third Benz was really a life changer for you. Well, huh? I mean, I've had, I've been, I mean, I've been, I've been selling dope for like, since I was 14. So like all throughout high yeah. school, I had, you know, I had tons of money, um, not tons, but I had, you know, money. And, and then I went to a school where culture there, you know, it was, um, you know, we, the culture there was very like, you know, flat, like praise kind of like I went to school that, that like we come into freshman year and we're list, we're getting force fed, like Gucci Mae, Walk the Lock. I don't know if you guys know that, like trap music. Right. And so <laughs> becoming the dope man you know, yeah. was, was, very, and it yeah. was like even more, but like, I literally had a, I'm just now getting to the point where, where I am, you know, I developed the worst spending habits from that shit. Like, yeah, you did. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and I'm just getting over it now and I'm just yeah. being and, able to, and see, yeah. I, I was able to fall back again on, on how I grew up. Cause I grew up, um, wealthy, you know, my, my parents were very well off. Um, and so we lived in, you know, the beautiful suburbs with, you know, your, your three car garage and all your nice stuff and pool. swimming pool and, you know, a, a dining room, uh, you know, a nicer dining room. We don't eat in there, but every two, twice a year, you know, like, so, I mean, we, that, that's how I grew up, but I also saw in like the neighborhoods that we were in. Right. And you'd, you'd see these neighborhoods, you'd see like, there, there's one that still sticks out in my mind and it was like three houses down from us when I was 12 years old and they had like probably 10 different nice sports cars and they would always like park them out in front and like you know like pretend like crib style them. edition yeah right? yeah and my parents when we drive by they'd always be like oh keeping up with the joneses and you know just like their way of just saying like you'll never have enough if you're always trying to keep up with someone else right um in material things um and and then you know one day bank owned they took everything it also shows like a deep insecurity i think with people like 
you know, like self. Well, it's a yeah. it's a way to to to, to yeah. feel like you're you're finding yeah. respect, you know, amongst yeah. your peers and stuff. And so, like, literally, people were like, "Oh, they must not be very good at growing weed. Like, they don't have nice stuff, you know." And we were like, "Yeah, we're no good at it, you know." Well, yeah, that's what uh, you think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, because like we just didn't. It, to me, I thought the and the problem and and the problem with you know, my shortcomings, I, I think too long-term, I'm always thinking five years out, yeah. you know, and I don't let myself have anything nice, you know, um, I'm always thinking yeah, if, if so you, far. Yeah, if you're always thinking about ahead, then you're not ever in the moment, so that's kind of where, yeah. that's kind of why I come in and help slow things down a little yeah. bit. I was going to ask, do you balance that out? I'm, that's what, yeah, I got yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Oh, Justin's great at spending money. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. And I won't say that I'm lazy, but comparatively, you would think I'm incredibly lazy if you if you watch this woman work for no. a week and see what I do. No, I, I mean, I, I, I carry my way. My favorite analogy is it's a fishing thing. Of course, I grew up hunting fishing out in forks, right? Is it when you're fishing out of a boat on a lake and, and the wind is blowing you faster than you want to drift? You take a five gallon bucket, tie a rope to it, tie it to your boat, throw it overboard, right? And so then it slows down the drift. So I say in our relationship, I'm the five gallon bucket. There we, there we go. But you guys, I mean, you balance each other out in different ways. And I love, I love it. it oh, is, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, yeah. So, I mean, that was just kind of our vision. So, so when we got into recreational, yeah. I was like, hey, this is going to be hard. Now we're with the big boys. All right. There's mm -hmm. people who are going to show up with a lot more money than us. We got to be really smart how we roll this yeah. out. Hashtag you save know? the margins. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we, we landed it you know, and, and here we are on the other side of it. You know, we have three licenses in Washington state. Uh, we're, we're at, um, and of those three, we own two outright. We have partners in one we're buying out um, this month actually. Uh, so we'll, we'll own, uh, and of those two of the real estate we'll own um, that the grows are on, you know? So like we're very, that's that long-term thinking, you know, um, and, and it's really starting to hit for us, but you got to keep in mind, we've been at this 13 years, yeah, you know, yeah, and really. I've had, like, we've had that vision, that long-term vision for that long, you know, um, and so it, it's coming around, but it, it's definitely, we've, we've sacrificed a lot. We definitely have not gone baller out on anything. Um, you know, we've been really frugal and smart about, you know, the majority of our decisions, even from buying our house, um, you know, vehicles, I mean, just this, this last year was the first time we'd ever bought a new vehicle. Well, that's why you guys are going to be successful. Cause like, you know, I, I, there's maybe one person off the top of my head, like the fact that you guys were thinking about wreck that early on, you know, the fact that you guys are already operating, ready to be, you know, shrewd, you know, kind of that shrewd, you know, um, you know, not wasting money, you know, being, being smart with your money, going into recreate, like, there's not very many, I don't know anybody that like is like that. And, you know, this is an industry where you fuck, you know, there's, there's stories where people fuck up one thing and that's their business. Right. And, yeah. and, and uh, we, yeah. we did some interesting <laughs> consulting jobs when it, like in the in-between of, transitioning from medical to rec. Uh, we did some consulting jobs for people because um, we were also just kind of feeling out like other maybe potential partnership ideas and stuff. So we were, we, but we did a consulting job on one where this guy went absolutely all out, spent so much money, everything, refinanced their house, borrowed from their parents, borrowed from the brother. I mean, like just 
full throttle, right? All in. And they set up this one big hundred light flower room and they had no high temp shutdowns in the room and week six got to 150 degrees. Diversify what that's yeah. that was enough. And that, it that killed them. Kill it killed them. The entire the thing. Yeah. There's know? so many stories and, and like that though. Us. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the con to consult and say, like, how do we save this? Can we salvage this? We can console you. <laughs> no, these are dead. Yeah, yeah, we can console you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dead plant. Yeah. Yeah, and it's wild. We also never took big outside money, which yeah, is tempting. We, it was super we, tempting. We got, we've been offered a lot. We've been offered buyouts from some really big companies now that want to buy our brand or, or get half ownership of stuff. Um, you know, we, we never, seen, we seen, never took investor we've, we've seen so many stories right where that works out where the, the investor comes in the grower gets everything all set up they mess up on one little thing in the details of the contract it said they could be kicked out they show up to work and the oh, door's yeah. locked oh yeah yeah right yeah. This, and, and, we, and i told justin that too when we started so off, slimy. Like, sharks yeah. the sharks are here you know yeah. like yeah. when wreck having a, the sharks are here we're now in the ocean you know we're not in we're not in the pond anymore. We're not in our little medical pond that everybody's comfortable with. Like we're now in the ocean and you are not the biggest fish. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the so I've been over the last like couple of years, like I've just I've been fascinated with entrepreneurship specifically in cannabis, is I've been trying to kind of building a criteria of like things that I think what are like, you know, key signatures that I, I see with some of the best entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry and and not not that's not always the case there's definitely uh situations where um you know taking outside investment has been good but the ones that i really like like and i want i would bet on long term they don't take outside investment because that showcases that they're self-reliant and they can you know you guys are self-reliant build off you don't you know maybe in the future but this is a pretty still earth pretty pretty we have a long way to go for this to really mature out this whole industry and, and now the thing is, is because we have structured everything, um, you know, we, we've done a lot of steps to make things really secure. Now, if I need funding, I just leverage real estate, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, Absolutely. and then no one's involved. No, nobody's names on the cannabis stuff. No <laughs> one's involved in anything. I just leverage the real estate, get the money I need, pay it back on the real estate again. Right. And so we've done that, um, twice now and that's been really uh um you have you have to yeah have, because because like you said now that it's this big you know right. for that next step is just a big chunk of change right. to be able to pull it off right yeah and so we've, we've been able to and with with the falcon the, the the falcon side of our business too you know we've been able to buy like we we own quite a bit of real estate now um and so that's been able to really help us but the only reason we were able to do that is because we were able to have down payments and the only way you can have down payments okay, is to have savings right and so you know like that's what our big moves have always been it's like really you know get that real estate purchase okay throw in pay it off get those payments down boom, boom, boom. okay own it okay leverage it right and it's like we've been able to do that now that takes a lot longer um but you're in full control and that's the yeah. thing that especially with cannabis it's really hard to pivot and roll with the changes when one you're not in full control and there's other people having decisions great right? point mm -hmm. yep absolutely and then, yeah. you know and and then you can also uh you're just a lot more comfortable because you know 
you're able to to adjust a lot quicker maneuver um, quicker you yeah. Know, yeah yeah 100 you're exactly. so right about the group i've i've, I've been in these i've seen situations like this where it's like okay the, there's four four honors it's a fucking mess like you know or yeah, like you yeah. know the grower who uh his the low ceilings right nobody likes that uh two tall grow beds and so he wanted to chop a foot off the legs on these grow beds because you know the top buds were getting too hot from the lights and he couldn't move the lights up any higher and had to go through like a seven person board of directors and took like six or seven months of discussion before they agreed to allow him to you know and the whole time, chop the, legs the whole time their buds are burning <laughs> right the whole time the buds are burning you know, and they're like, we'll just turn down the lights. And it's like, so you just, you have to, you we're know. We're going to need like, to do some forms, fill, you know, you're going to take two weeks intake form. And then we're going to have somebody review. It's just like, what? Dude, the, 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 the cannabis industry, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, a week, you know, like two two months, you know, or equivalent to go into like two days of a, of a month. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Farming, it's hard work. It's agriculture. They need consistency and they need you to make decisions. When you figure out that something's not correct, you need to correct it immediately to right. help them, you know? yeah so that's been that's definitely one of our like <clears throat> keys to success is is just we can pivot quick you know yeah absolutely and you guys because you guys have that control and um yeah and, and anybody listening to this podcast if you're a campus entrepreneur seriously that you know there's such there's there's a lot of gold being said here right now from these uh from these two so definitely you know listen up um yeah absolutely i, I love that i think you know it's the way to do it because i've heard you know all the situations you've talked about whether people get you know they let once you let the sharks in you know there's just so many slime balls in this it's industry really hard it to is. Gain control. it's really hard to gain control again you know yeah. and the thing is is it's like people think well, we have these contracts contracts are only as good as everybody's agreeing to 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 um commit to continuing to follow or <laughs> how much you can afford for lawyers if yeah. it comes to it right yes and Oh my God. I've seen, I mean, yeah, there's one. Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen a lot of things. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, when we, when we, when we transitioned from medical to rec, um, at that time, there were 11 other dispensaries on the peninsula and they were all, you know, actively moving to get into the rec market too. And, you know, just some of the deals that they, you know, came to me kind of asking my opinion. I was just, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sign that, you know? And, and one in particular, it's like, they even stole his equipment, you know? I mean, they, they not stole, but I mean, essentially, you know, in his mind, they did, right? You know, he fronted everything, got it all going, got everything set up. And then they were like, oh, sorry, door's locked. Wow. Wow. I've, that's, that's, that's pretty upfront. I mean, I've heard people like losing it. Cause like they, they're, you know, I know somebody that has a cannabis company because they own the land and they couldn't, and then those original owners couldn't pay the, yeah. the rent and he goes, okay, well just give me the business. It's like, and yeah. now he, and you know, and now he runs and you know, I'm not going to say that is, but you know, um, and I've heard, you know, I've heard all, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, I, yeah, it, it's, it's one. Can I ask you a quick question? Do you guys, did you guys ever use Craigslist and in, in medical marijuana? I'm curious. You mean to sell? Yeah, or just yeah, sell buy. Just like to sell to medical patients? Yeah. No, no. I mean, we get our first delivery. I so mean, when we first come on, delivery. guys. I I, oh, I used okay. to have a delivery service. I I, I had yeah, I had a delivery service. Yeah. So in Washington State, um, so so when we started out in medical, we put an ad up on Weed Maps. Okay. Um, as how we got our first um client. 
Um, we won't say her name, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> she, I mean, we went from like zero, like, and we had limits, like you could only buy, you had to buy an eighth or more when we were doing deliveries because it just wasn't cost effective for us. Well, yeah, because so we were living actually in CQ for the first winter that we were back in Washington, mm -hmm. which CQ is like, two hours the, west of Port Angeles, it's way out, because, a little tiny town. Because back then it was really hard to find landlord back to being up front, right? Always be up front. So we told them, look, we're medical patients, we're gonna grow weed in the garage, right? Well, there weren't very many people who were willing to do that, you know? Um, but so but it's smart place, that you said that because I know people that have been, that have, they're like, I've been like, you know, like, you know, go over to their house, see their grow. Uh, and then you'd be like, dude, you need to, you need to like take this, you need to take these pounds, like get somewhere hide, like my landlord's coming back, like, like, and, yeah. and then literally I have a friend who got, he got, uh, he got extorted, he got black, he's like, yeah, she, the woman was like, yeah, if you don't give me 5k, like, you know, right now, I'm gonna go to the cops. Yeah. So yeah. just being, you know, like you said, though, yeah. Being up front, yeah. yeah, so we just, we just, you know, our model's always just been like, be up front, it's better to get, you know, 90 no's and one yes than to try and lie about it and then your landlord comes in and now you're Blue in jail yeah that's you know so, so we were there when we first started bethany would stay at home working on elance all day long and tended to the plants i would go do construction work for eight hours a day then i'd come home after that she'd have her orders and we'd start driving as far as port townsend you know three hours one way uh to do our deliveries then come back and the next day i'd go do eight hours of construction work and she'd wear her fingers out on right. and yeah just hustle 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 you know yeah. and then yeah. and then all of a sudden it just started just like literally in three months it went from you know 45 dollars 90 dollars a day right to to 800 a day in three months in deliveries and we were like so he quit his job i quit my all we were doing was in deliveries so then from there then we were able to I find a, a, a retail location to to start our dispensary at and bethany called every because she was in title company stuff so she knew how to find all the information so she basically called every single property that might work out between swim and port angeles which is like 12 miles right yeah, yeah. every i mean weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and finally found the place wow. and we finally she wrote letters to the guy finally found the guy we met him he agreed to let us do it it was a dilapidated couple buildings that had been vacant for seven years and when we i never forget when we signed up the, with the pud to get the electrical bill in our name the PUD lady's like, how on earth did you find this guy? We can never find this guy, right? And so it's like- That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah. What um, were some of the prices you guys were charging? I'm curious, like if you could remember, recall. In medical? Uh, just like, yeah, like I guess, or just eighth, eighth half ounce. So or, you know. our eighths were, were right around, I think 45 to $50 for an yeah. eighth back then. I mean, as, as towards the end of medical, we were doing like $180 ounces was, was really, was yeah. pretty much where we were at. Cause there were 11 other dispensaries on the peninsula mm -hmm. when medical hit, right. Or, or when recreational. And, yeah. and I mean, like we sold uh, medical to the last day that they allowed us to. I mean, we were, we were, <laughs> we were stealing QPs for people, you know, like we had our, we had our heat sealer out, like, you know, because I was like, this is it. This is it from here on out. Big question mark. Right? We're, it's a big question mark, right? So yeah. we just we just went hard as to the day. Um, and a lot of people, I think a mistake that they made was they transitioned into recreational too quickly. So because the, there was like a grace period of about a year. So they stopped working on their medical and started working on rec. But 
but rec wasn't established. It was all over the place. Like, um, you know, some people did well because at the very beginning you could sell your stuff for really high prices because the stores didn't have any product, right? Because they pretty much were like, you know, back to, to you know, politicians who don't really understand the market, right? You essentially have, they were like, okay, grow and stores go. And it's like, okay, you should have started the grow six months ago. And then, you know, like, so, so there was a time where you could have made really good money, but we sat down and did the math and we were like, at that time, Washington state had 75% of the sale was taxed. And I was like, even at $24 a gram to, at the store, because at some stores were selling it for 24 a gram, right? It still didn't make, we were still making more at 180 an ounce. So we, yeah. we just, we just went at it for, for that whole last year yeah. of medical before jumping into wreck. Yeah. And so, you know, be, be, don't, we always say like, don't leave fish uh, to find fish, right? Yeah. You know, like if, if it's good, if fishing's good, like don't be looking at other people's stuff over there just cause it seems like it looks better. You know, like, like if you're landing fish, like just, just stick with it, you know, because yeah. the, the, the setup, no one ever thinks of the setup, right? They're, they're, they, they see the, the end result, right? Like everybody looks at us and they're like, I want what they have. But they don't think like 13 years of yeah. hard work, all saving, you know, all, all build up, right? And gosh, for some of those years with the, with the dispensary, Bethany was working seven days a week in the dispensary for nine hours a day. And I was running multiple shop, um, you know, shop building grows, medical grows myself. Yeah. Because we, we, we would try to find, well, we would try to find help and the same thing. And pe people were just dicks about it, yeah. right? Well, Trying to blackmail you and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like, Dude, all we'll that. just do it ourselves then. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 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 That is a great point. A yeah. years, mm -hmm. There's a few years there that just went by so fast. Yeah. Right? We, we literally, I mean, there, there was three full years. We did not take a day off. There was no days taken. Every and was day, that the last three day. years of the record of, of the medical kind of? Or uh, it was in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. yeah. Towards yeah. the end, we started to get a, some decent help, you know, yeah. that. We had Cassandra help out the dispensary. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Cassandra is awesome. We had some really good people. Adam was really awesome. So yeah. we had okay. some, some awesome people mm -hmm. towards the end that really took some of the workload off of us to where mm -hmm. we could do and focus on other stuff yeah. yeah but it took a lot it took a lot of years for me to find those right people and that's you know but but relying on yourself too like i've i've talked to people i have this kind of same feeling as you, you know I, a lot of people are just trying to fuck people you know fuck you over and just to yep. do it yourself if yeah you, but the thing know. is is your limiting factor right if you can only do so much yourself before you have to have help and and, and have employees and employee management that's a big limiting factor. And it's a, it's a big limiter for a lot of the entrepreneurs that we know is they crush up to that level and they just, they just can't break out of finding enough people in the right position mm -hmm. to, to continue growing. And so they kind of plateau. Why do you, why do you think that is? And let me just preface it with like something that I noticed and I wonder what you think about this. So I've noticed that there's a lot of bosses that like, you know, they have this, they have almost an ego or they have a, almost an insecurity about it. Like I was always taught, you know, you want to find someone that's way better at your job than you are. So you can move up, keep replacing yourself with people. Was it, was it, do you ever, do you ever, you ever see that ever happen or is it mainly just bad personnel or just not finding the right people? So, so I think a couple of things, we have 70 employees now. Wow. 70. So, yeah. 
uh, between all the different, you know, facilities, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, so, so I guess to preface, first of all, seven is easier to run than seven. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that there's a casualness that comes with a small crew that makes it really difficult to scale. Um, and so that that's difficult. Um, I mean, employee management, I think it is, is a art in its own. Um, it's really difficult. Um, yeah. I'm it, definitely, it becomes the biggest aspect it at is, some point it is, of, it, in the growth. Right? I would say now it is our biggest aspect. Um, I'm bad at it. So <laughs> hi, my name's Justin. I'm bad at it. I'm managing employees. Uh, I'm just, I'm just super casual and like, I, I can't forget the time, you know, I remember, remember when I we said, we're not going to move water with buckets anymore in my bathroom to start using pumps, right? I just remember all this stuff. And when I show up and we've got a great crew, a fantastic group of people, they love the plant, they love what they're doing. And I show up and I see this room full of happy plants and I didn't have to water any of them. I kind of get water, you know, I kind of start tearing up a little bit and I get happy and I'm just, hey, everybody, I'm so happy, basically is my big shortcoming, I think. <laughs> I get to water these and they're beautiful. Uh, well, I I get that. Yeah. Employee management is literally like we could do ten podcasts on it. Yeah. Honestly, it's yeah, 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 incredibly finding the right people though. Yeah, I mean, you, every time that we got rid of somebody that we knew wasn't a good fit, and we maybe kept them right. for too long. You gotta get the bad apples out. So I mean, just to like elevator speech it, you know, because like we don't have a ton of yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know. I thank you guys. So, okay. And I, I really enjoy it. It's one of something that yeah. I feel like um, I am pretty good at, and so yeah, uh, I, I, I feel like. You know, I've, I've learned a lot from my mistakes. The, the number one thing with employees is you, number one, they have to feel like you respect them. Um, and you're never going to get anywhere with anyone if you are not, if, if you, if they feel like they don't have respect. So that that's number one. I think a lot of people, um, a lot of bosses just can't seem to deliver on that. It, and, and it's hard to do consistently because when people make mistakes, you know, your, your first reaction is like, oh, you're so stupid. You know, like, like people like, how could you mess up? I've never messed that up. Or they get into this headspace, right? Yeah. But, but it's really, it's actually, it's your fault if they messed up because you didn't set up protocol in place yeah. that, that, that sets them up for success. And so we don't, number one, we don't ever ask our employees to do something that we haven't done. Or wouldn't do, right? Or wouldn't like, do. There's, not a, so there's that, not a job in the grill room. That's the first thing. So like, Amazing leadership. Another yep. thing is just respecting their their boundaries and 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 the understanding that like they don't owe you anything. It's a it's a mutual beneficial, re beneficial relationship. relationship. Or it doesn't work. Right. But one get back to what you were saying about not one of the things because I'm always I'm I'm kind of sneaking. I always like interview everybody. Like, how's it going? You know, what do you think? And everything. And one of the things, the feedback I get a lot is that even though Bethany is very clearly the point on pretty much every aspect of the business, that most of them feel comfortable. Like, I feel like if I have an idea, I can bring it up to Bethany and she doesn't tell me, shut up, we do it my way or the highway. She'll literally give my idea the credence of, you know what, shit, that's a, that's a great, like, right. hold on. Yeah. Wow. That's a better way to do it. Good job. You know, it won't work. I love and that here's idea. the process of why and I and I good idea I've thought about that actually 
um, as well. And here's why it, it, it doesn't work in our system. And, and just giving people enough respect that like they feel like what, what they say and do matters, mm -hmm. it, it creates a work culture. Like, like we have our Falcana clothing line, right? Mm -hmm. um, where called Doco. And the reason it's called Doco is, is our last name is Rondo. So I just take Do, the end of our last name, right? And mm -hmm. I thought it was cute, right? Um, so our, our employees are covered head to toe in our, in our apparel, you know, so um, are we usually, but, <laughs> but, but it's just like, it's a good indicator that they feel they, they, they do feel they're, they're like building they with you, right? They, they feel like they're part, they're building with you and, and you hearing them out, hearing them out, like, you know, when they have a suggestion, like that's a key thing. And that's kind of what I more so meant, um, earlier about like ego and stuff. I personally think like, you know, if you love to like, you know, run this certain part of the business, that's what you love. Cause I'm, I've talked to all these different types of entrepreneurs that are like, you know, multimillionaires and they still do that. And I think that's fine. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I just think there's this ego of just like, just not, you know, they're, they're, they think that they have to do everything on their, like they, they don't rely on other people. They don't, they don't, right. you know, yeah, create yeah. a good team and, and yeah. relying and on making a like good team is listening. A lot of protocol, a lot of setup. And the other thing that we do is no one gets to move up. I don't hire out any, any movement in the company comes from within. So our head grower started out as a trimmer. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's another component, like the jungle boy, like these, these different components of the businesses that I really like. That's one of those two. Everyone starts at the bottom, works their way up. Yeah. Like no, and, and no one's going to roll through and just like take a, take a job that you've been gunning for, for four years for us. Like we just don't work that way. Yeah. And, and well, that's how you get, that's how you keep growing good plants and have the kind of loyalty and the teamwork feel is like, and it's actually, it's really satisfying to, to have an employee come in and kind of see their potential even better than they see it in themselves. I'm like, oh, okay, let, you know, but you have to have the long eye, right? It's, it takes years sometimes, at least months. And then you, you, you know, start helping them out. And I mean, we've got a lot of our employees have been with us for years. They've got good new vehicles. A lot of them are buying houses. Bethany helps them out with the whole house situation, which and, and is, with, you know. With their credit score and like just giving them good, because public school doesn't teach you any like financial. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, public school. Anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, what's the capital of Del Delaware, Luke, right? Um, <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know that one myself. I don't know. I used to just you walk out of class and we go, yeah, yeah, our public school is terrible. Yeah. Um, but I love that. Wow, that is so, you guys are so dope. You guys are growing plants and you're growing human beings and, and growing their, not to say, yeah. you know, you're allowed. And, and I want my, you know, my people to be successful. Like just, just literally this in the last six months, uh, five of our employees have bought houses, you know? So, wow. um, and I just really like to see them be successful. They're helping us be successful. I want to see them be successful in their life, you know? And, and then I guess the last thing with employees that I would really recommend, um, is you just, you can't, no one gets to break the rules. Managers don't get to be late. Managers don't get to, to spend more than 15 minutes on their break. Like, you know, no one in the entire company gets to break rules except Justin, that's it. So like, like literally, you know, and everybody knows that like, like I will write up a manager for being late just as much as the, the new person who's only been there a month. And like, if you have that kind of structure, no favoritism, 
everybody yeah. feels it's like fair. That's it's the other fair. Thing say. Stephanie's fair. She's just so fair. Yeah, absolutely. Fair. Yeah. Anybody, guys, any people watching this right now, guys, this is literally gold. Okay. Yeah. People watching, this is so fucking valuable. Okay. For so many, there's so many people out there. I like off the top of my head, I could think of like, I'm going to send them a clip of this and I'm going to be like, yeah, motherfucker, this is what you need. Like, like early on, we hired some friends. Uh, we, we don't hire friends, we don't hire family. And then, I mean, we've got great relationships with our, with our employees that have been us for the longest, right? Yeah. Um, like one, like our head grower lifts weights a little bit and I do a little bit. And we were like this close to like starting lifting weights together. But there's a professional, there's a professional distance that, that for the long term of a relationship, yeah. it's better if we don't be, cross that line into friendship too much because we have this professional relationship that's so good. Just like I wouldn't hire a friend because I like them, right? And I don't want to have that complexity happening to our relationship. It's the same with, with our managers where we're going to be friendly and we're going to get along fantastically, but we're, there's, a, a, there's a line that we're not going to cross to become like with my social friends. And I, I just think it's a, it's a healthy balancing act for long-term, really, really great relationships within the company. Absolutely. I, was, I already have, I have a question for that, but we gotta, I want to move on because I know we, I know yeah. Yeah, Nick, you're right. Like you guys, you guys can do a whole class on that. Seriously. That was, <laughs> I, I love this. So this is what, this is one of my favorite conversations I've had in a while. Um, Okay, what are we time-wise, by the way? Let's, uh, oh, we are at one hour. Um, we cool to go to 30? 30, 30, yeah, is that cool? 30, 35? 40. 30, 45? <laughs> you can go too, I've done, yeah. We'll see if the shoe fits, right? No. Um, uh, okay, so you guys are, so you guys have crushed it in Washington, other places, right? Um, but like, let's go on to like now. This I want to like. Uh, where do we want to go with this? Actually, okay. So, you, what states are you guys in? Did we we didn't we didn't talk about that yet. So you're in. We talked at the very beginning. So you yeah. guys started in Washington. You guys have like expanded out, right? Right. Okay. So yeah. where 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 are you guys expanding to? So where, we we started in Washington. Um, we've been working on Spain for quite a while, getting that going. Um, so actually we started three years ago pursuing that, uh, and we opened our cannabis club this last summer. So, um, that's really fun and exciting. Uh, you know, the, the market there is completely different, obviously than, than here. Um, it's not really like medical or rec it's, 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 you know, a cannabis club. So you, people go there and actually, um, consume in, in the club and, um, it, it's just a lot different. It's more of a private entity where it's a private um establishment that people can go and consume and the government kind of considers it an extension of your home because it's not open to the public and and they have a lot of rules about what you do in your own home is your own business mm -hmm. yeah so, so that's kind of how that structure is yeah so a little bit like a speakeasy not like a speakeasy where like prohibition times were really, but like in the sense I mean, where, yeah. ish yeah. Yep, it's yeah. pretty pretty subdued up front. You know, you you there's not big signage and everything. Right. Uh, you kind of got to know somebody to know somebody to get the, yeah. to, you, know, right. you know, what what kind of clam chowder is the is the weekly password. Yeah, what's the password? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that. It's not quite like that. But, but 
it's a little exclusive, you know. Um, we we're we're thoughtful and really careful. We're not just like gonna sell to anybody, you know what I mean? Like we're looking for good long term relationships. Like we do in everything that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with you know, in Spain, like, is there? Because it's not. Uh, it's so. It's that's a weird kind of weird space for that to be. So it's not. It's it's not legal, but it's legal. You know, so yeah. like, yeah. what are the pro- <laughs> what are the products of that? Like, what are the products of that? So like, when you have an illegal market, there, you know, those products that you know, you know, outcomes, right, that come from that, and outcomes that come from legal. Uh, is there? Yeah, I mean, Europe is making grounds, you know, um, t- towards legalization. There's a lot of talk about it, you know. Um, medical kind of being med- um, medical is being accepted and and pursued in certain countries. So, I mean, we've got a lot of big things in the works that we're just not really keen to discuss. Um, can't to get, I can't get the exclusive. We'll have to. We'll have to do it another um, time. Yeah, maybe. No. It's we'll, just it's, we'll, it's been it's been such a process for yeah. us. We've been working on it so much, and there's so much nuances with the rules and stuff that make it. Um, we've we've figured out how to navigate through them. Okay. Okay. And we'll keep I'm, it. We'll keep I'm it at really that. We'll excited. keep it. At, yeah. Maybe we'll talk. It's been a real challenge. We'll talk yeah, yeah, yeah. here, and maybe we'll have some really yes. exciting news when it comes yeah. to Europe. But for now, if you're in Madrid, yeah, look us up. You yeah, know, and, and you can get some We have our, our Instagram um, at uh, at Falcana underscore es. Right. Links it's will be down below. I'll put the links down below. And uh, so, if you're ever in Madrid um, and you want to invite into the club you know, message my Instagram and message the Falcana underscore ES and um, you probably will, 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 you might get an invite. Damn, that's and cool. That's, that's that was the only access to uh, West Coast genetics in Spain. Yeah. Basically. That's wild. That's so <laughs> wild. That's wild. So, okay. So let's, that's a good like, a segue. Um, so let's go back to the strains and genetics, right? Um, yeah long term you guys have kept this bank you know you guys have been really smart about this i don't what what's the long-term play because you guys think long term with the strains the genetics like how does that potentially get integrated into your long-term business model yeah okay so i mean right now to be perfectly honest we have 15 strains that we are cultivars whatever i i get get people that'll be like it's it's a cultivar (laughs) it's not a strain i'm like it's a living language cultivar good sir you know know, like pretty much as long as you're not calling it a strand i think we're good okay (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway, so uh, we have 15 varieties that were like, these hit, these are all stars. No matter how much we grow, it's sold. Right now, literally on our menu, we have four of those 15 because we cannot grow enough of them, right? And so for us, we're really focused right now on expanding more grow space. And we, we just doubled our grow facility, literally the county, held up our application for a week on approval because one of the shrubs in the landscaping permit process doesn't match the shrub we planted. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole that we can maybe yeah. talk about later, how yeah, much curious about that, but... red tape now of this industry is literally insane. It's in Washington. Uh, especially in Washington. Yeah um yeah actually i've heard some stuff about that too like they're checking phones 
So we're about to double in size, right? And that should make it so where hopefully we can have the full selection. Ideally so, 15, but yeah. probably not. Initially, right? you know, back in medical days, we learned so much about people's smoking habits, right? Not just ourselves. And you see this in brands that are nationwide. Other people, you, you know, folks want a consistent experience. So if you find a strain that you like, you want to smoke that strain. And then if you find a strain you really like, then maybe 70 to 80% of what you're smoking is that strain. And then you'll dabble some new flavors. You'll come back to your old reliable. So when, when people, um, when they show up to get their Pacific blue, let's say, and it's not there, they're mad. They were yeah, mad at the dispensary we get, days. We get angry. I get angry Instagram messages. They're like, why aren't you selling your Pacific blue to this store? And I'm like, I, I saw on your guys Instagram last night I was, I was doing a little more research and I saw that and so by the way for people listening Pacific Blue is one of you know their uh, one of their, their their most popular um slash you know you guys are most known for uh, that strain uh, yeah yeah no absolutely so so we have like the 15 yeah. right yeah yeah do they you know, cannibalize so like each the- other right do they ever right. cannibalize like like in terms of not cannibalize but is it just feels inefficient at a certain point once you know there's a solid four maybe then start to rotate that well, one out. that's the thing right is we're now to the point where because we have we have our cbg variety our pacific sunshine which is cbg we have our uh charlotte's web which is the cbd and then we have the 13 thc mm-hmm. varieties right so of those 13 like that's that's what we want to we want to grow um th- those 15 varieties and at this point now with this new facility we'll have one strain per room, per, per grow, grow, grow room, mm-hmm. you know. So you'll have enough volume. 30 and big, 50, yeah. 50 lights Which, per one. Any, anybody that grows weed is like, when you, oh, when you cross the line and just have one strain per room, it's yeah. just so much, so much easier and better and you can dial it in nicely and you're not, it's you're so not taking awesome. the middle ground of environment and nutrients, right? So yeah. it's each room to, to each to, to, to one yeah. strain you know yeah you don't have to um, mark the mark each thing and be like yeah like oh shit know, i fixed it up blue, like yeah. this night temperature and this day temperature and right yeah. humidities and like so we can really adjust and really optimize um and so we with that like we we're confident that those 15 are are what we need to continue to expand into all these other states. Like that's what we're going to bring to the table. We're confident in these 15 selections. Some of them have been on that, have been on the roster for uh, as early as 12, you know, as late as 12 years. Some of it is stuff that we've made in the last couple of years. Uh, Deep Sea is, is our newest kind of creation that we are incredibly proud of. It's a Pacific blue baby. Um, and it is just one of the heaviest Indicas we've ever made. It's, mm. it, it will put anybody to sleep, um, which during it's pretty, you know, you grind it and it's solid purple. It's kind of like a pastel purple, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bud. But that's, um, so that's the, the new, newest, sorry, keep going. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt. My bad. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, so for us, like we have those 15. And so with genetics, we're just banking stuff we we're getting now. Yeah. Right. So we've been banking for a really long time. Um, you know, like the runs, all this, the runs and the Skittles and all, all this different stuff come through. We have it all. We, we, we banked it all. Um, not, and not, sorry, not all. Like, I don't want to sound like I had everything. But you could don't. go out and but, get it though. I mean, you know, if you I mean, but we to, have right? like biscotti, we've got runs, you know, we've got these different, you know, desirable cuts that mm. are in the market right now. We've back crossed them. 
Um, you know, we're getting into tissue culture more now. Um, you know, and so we someday we'll do the selection though. Right. So like deep sea, you know, we have 50 sister seeds and we grow them all out and we love the process that, you know, it's the most fun basically for us at this point is to, you know, to see how they turn out and, and take it down to 10 and grow them again, and then take it down to five and grow them again. And you're like, okay, you're, you know, this is definitely the one yeah. of this round. Because deep sea was number 10 out of 57. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so that process refined it, the market, you know, responses refined it over years. is going to refine it over years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love we it. Love and then, that. and then, you know, in the future, you know, you guys by holding those runs or, you know, that, you know, you're going to have, you know, someone maybe, you know, I don't know whatever age, but you know, yeah. it's going to be like my pre 98 Bubba, right. That runs yeah. that was right. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's really smart long term too is you guys are going to be able to you know ride trend if you look at like fashion or you look at any like trends will come back like yeah. uh, like one of the best marketing tools i think is uh what is it called nostalgia right that's why there's so many remakes yeah. of movies mm-hmm. yeah right they're yeah, sure they're sure money makers even though a lot of them yeah. you know, and then if i could just interject my mm-hmm. long-term business plan is to get big enough that i can have one single room that i'm allowed to do long flower sativas in <laughs> because economically it makes no sense right so yeah, but, explain that to me. I, I'm not, yeah, like, why does it not, why does it not make sense? Because it takes twice as long or three times as long to, to, to flower Long out. flower sativa, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. He, wants to, he wants to flower, he wants to grow stuff that's like 16 to 20 weeks. 24 weeks, you know. Okay. Some of these old flavors, these subtle and these sweet, fruity flavors and the sativa highs that make some people anxious. Fortunately, I don't get anxious from it. I just have a good time, you know. But then, um, then so and then there's the, you know, the other side to the yin and yang, be like, no, we need to make this, optimize this right now. And that's like the balance that keeps right? me, you guys balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah. my selfish goal. So, so keep sticking with us and eventually we'll have a very small amount of exceptional high quality selected long flower sativas. That yeah. You guys are really going to be balling when you do that. Yeah. Make blessings and make a wish foundation dream come true. Thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love to, that. Grow, I love to grow 20 week anxious uh, uh, hazes that are yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the perfect balance. I, wow. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So Okay, I'm curious. This is kind of going to be two part question. So, who are some of the, you know, just besides your guys' selves? And I know you guys, you don't really look out that much, you know, look outside of what you guys are doing. But, you know, is there any notable entre- cannabis entrepreneurs that you guys like what they've done? And then, sure. We want to transition that and start to talk about corporate, you know, corporate uh, influx and stuff, uh, big business. But, um, start with it. I mean, I know you guys are kind of tunnel vision, just focus on yourself. We are, but, yeah. we are incredibly tunnel vision. And, and, and so, you know, I'm probably going to say like names that are probably pretty, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like obviously Jungle Boys, we're really impressed with them. You know, um, they definitely, they, their style is not ours, but it's definitely, um, and not knocking it in any way. It's just, it, we, we, our, our model is, is a lot different than theirs, but I do think, they've done an exceptional job, you know, I'm, I'm super impressed. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with, uh, like, I think Oleum, um, in the Washington market's done an amazing they've job. It. You know, they're mm. very, they've done an amazing job. I think concentrates a really difficult market. 
um, because the the quality is easier to fake um, yeah. because yeah. you know you can buy fake terpenes, you can buy distillate, add it to it. There's so much stuff that you can do, and I'm by no means an expert on concentrate. We are flower people. We, yeah. we like flower. We we rarely do dabs. Um, we just don't really. I don't enjoy the experience of dabs that much. Mm. Um, so we just you know, we make concentrate and I'm really proud with how far we've come with our concentrate, um, you know, and, and it sells well and we're, we're happy with it. Um, but you're right but though. I, people can make it look, you know, yeah. And they've done an amazing job maintaining their market hold. Um, yeah, I think in my opinion. Yeah. so I'm really impressed with them. Um, I really like halo. I think Lowe's done an awesome job. Um, she stands out to me that that brand stands out to me as a unique brand um in the market space you know and, and that's what for us like i i go into the stores and i look on the shelves and i just see a lot of the same thing to, to be to be honest um there's i i you gotta be you just you gotta be original like you know you can't just copy distinguish yourself be different yeah um everyone else you know so so well, and we're, we're all over advertised to this day and age right right like if you're looking at your youtube video and an ad comes up you're like okay irish springs i'll never buy your soap because you just wasted my time like the advertising isn't working as well with our group that avenue and of advertising that's where, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where authenticity comes through yeah like just just being genuine um yeah and which i know can be hard you know i it it's, it's definitely something that comes pretty easy to me. Like I've never struggled with like brand development or like, like when we have new artwork with the stickers and, and mm. the strainings and stuff, like it's pretty, it, it hits pretty quick. You know what I mean? We don't really struggle with, with that. Um, or like our brand image at all, or really the direction I want to take the brand. I'm, I, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in what we're presenting. Um, yeah. I mean, your guys, those yeah, brands, sorry, those are the sorry, brands that I would say stick out, but that's not all of them. There's a lot of really good brands, but we are incredibly tunnel vision. Yeah. We, we yeah. Really which, are. You're not maybe, too much, which is fault. good. Right. Maybe which is, yeah. you know, maybe I, maybe we should be spending a lot more time looking at what other people are doing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe with certain things, but I think overall, I, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, maybe I think you guys, though, you guys are, you guys are crushing it. Um, but just to go back to your distinguished, I mean, you got like, you guys, the, the brand, you know, Falcana, that is one of the most authentic, you know, or, original, true self to the found, you know, like embodies the, the you know, you two, the, the, the two founders, yeah. you know, it, it's also unique. You guys are literally, you know, smoking weed and you have falcons right here it's like, <laughs> it's fucking it's badass like the community for sure but yeah. you know most yeah. of them, it's a different you know most of them are older and it's a just you know kind of hush about it and i think that's kind of what i you know i didn't start smoking really until i was in my early 20s and just a little bit before i met bethany kind of you know and then I kind of just throttled up on that. And I've been basically trying it out most days for the last 10 we, years. Let's try it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just trying it out for a decade or so. So yeah. far, it looks like I, seems like I like it. But but it's never been like, I've never been that guy who like, you know, uh, it's our identity. I'm not portraying that yeah. outwardly as part of my identity. It's just something that I enjoy. Right. And so it's now it's point. more of our identity yeah. because of business, of course. Right. But still, I, mean, like, I mean, even like, it wasn't until like probably three years ago that we were like fully like, oh, like this is like our career for life. Like 
Yeah, basically. This, this, we, we always, we never took it for granted. We always thought, no. you know, there's a potential for this to be pulled out from under us basically at any moment. Right. Right. Because you, back in the day, you're sleeping with one eye open, essentially. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah, probably, probably a couple, two or three years ago, we're like, you know, we could kind of feel like this is a career, I think. Yeah, this is it, you know? Because, um, I mean, before that, literally, we were just pursuing real estate, like buying real, like paying, buying as much, you know, getting good deals on real estate, paying it off with the money that we we're making with cannabis. Like, that's been like our 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 angle because I'm like, well, well, I know real estate holds its value for the most part. Like, so that you know, that's a good place to place our money while we're, we're figuring out stuff. But I mean, especially early on, we didn't look at it as a career. It was really just like, okay, you know, we can make. Some, we got to make some, a grub stake. We got to make some money, and yeah. then we'll start a you know a business, a real business yeah, essentially, absolutely. right? And then it's just. And then this kind of became the real business. Absolutely. I, I love that point too, guys. That's another people listening. This is more gold. This is more, I did like, and this is what I meant by kind of like the insecurity when I was talking about like people that, you know, spend a bunch of money and all that. Like it, like, cause I'm just talking about myself. Like, you know, I definitely built my identity, you know, growing up, you know, selling dope, being the dope man. And like, you know, when that, you know, when that all, you know, stopped, I fell off a cliff pretty much. And I like, I did, you know, my, my, you know, my confidence got destroyed. It got, it got crushed because I built it all on that. Right. And, but, you know, now I've built it up the right way. Right. And I'm much better for it, but, you know, making cannabis your whole entire identity, um, it's not, it's not, the smartest thing to do in my opinion but you know obviously now because it's business i you know now now i have an excuse to do that but yeah. but it, or it's at least more realistic but i think that's a really good point and, and i think there's a lot of people out there that i think could benefit from that message in, in many different ways um well, and you should not don't define yourself by one thing yeah any one thing yeah liking dogs and smoking weed is fantastic and it's a great foundation for a personality but you know there's there's a whole world of amazing fanciful things out there to, to yeah. also add to it so absolutely absolutely a hundred percent i completely agree um i completely agree okay let's get into big business this is something that fascinates me um influx of corporations coming in you know what is your guys's i guess overall you know take on that strategy to combat that you know people like what's the strategy you know you, you a lot of people that I talk to, they're like, oh, we're just trying to get big enough to get acquired. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is, so, what is we were scared a lot earlier. I'll say we were scared a lot earlier when we saw some of these, the giant players moving into Washington with tens of millions of dollars behind them. You know, it is scary for us to be like, shit, you know, is there going to be a slice of the pie left for us? But we just stuck to our guns and, and our quality and our, and, and being, keeping it as real as we could. Yeah. And we've kind of floated right through everything. I mean, as far as like, they're already here. Sharks are already here, guys. They've been they've been here for years. Yeah, for researching at least. Yeah. So like this idea that they're like they're coming. I'm like, uh, maybe you just don't quite know what's going it's on. Secretly but, purchased but companies and yeah. Here, like, Why don't you touch on uh, legalization? That's kind of the big yeah. fear, right? If federal legalization happens, Marlboro comes through and Budweiser, and they they crush everybody. Right. So I mean, the microbrewery stuff. Talk about that yeah, a little bit. So, and the so I, yeah. I mean. Um, it, it's, it's got, it's a, it's a lot of a question. So I'm going to kind of try to condense it. Here. Yeah, but, we can, but, we can condense it. Yeah. It's been a, yeah. yeah. So pretty much here, here's how, here's my perspective. This is mm. my opinion. Right. Um, so first of all, I think we should look at the hemp, um, farm bill 
So the hemp farm bill, if you, if you see what the feds did, so essentially they legalized hemp. Now then what they did is they essentially said, states can do what they want as long as they follow these protocols, right? I think that's what we're gonna see similar to, to federal legalization. So for all intents and purposes, and, and what I understand from like lobbyists in DC, you know, I'm, I'm pretty connected when it comes to like the industry and, and, and you know, lo lobbying groups and, and different politicians, you know, viewpoints and stuff. I've definitely gotten to speak one-on-one -on -one with quite a few politicians about their opinions on legalization and stuff. So the vision that I see is that they're gonna do something similar. So they're gonna say, cannabis is is legal and, and it kind of are with the coal memorandum they've kind of already done that but they're gonna i think they're gonna do something Not official maybe, though yeah it can be right they're something more official like they did with the hunt farm bill but you have to understand that right now these states if you snapped your finger tomorrow and said hey start doing interstate commerce they couldn't they, they don't have the same traceability systems the the state the first thing every state's one going to want to do is they're going to say okay well before we do anything we want to know what the fiscal note is and what that means is they want to know the state wants to know how much money are, are they going to make or lose mm -hmm. if they allow importing or exporting right so washington's a prime example washington has really high minimum wage insane tax right the the, the washington state makes more money per gram than everyone else so Washington state makes more gram than us, makes more money than per gram than us, more per gram than the retail store. Washington state's taking the cake, right? And so what that means is they're, they're not, they're, they're not, gonna they're give the money, not right? willing to give yeah. that up, you know? So, so like, here's a perfect example. So, so in Washington state excise tax, uh, extension for medical patients, they should absolutely do it. It's ridiculous that, that, essentially medical patients are paying a sin tax on cannabis it has been on the back it has been in front of them this bill's been in front of them for years it may pass this year the fiscal note on it uh the last one i saw it's forty five thousand dollars a month is what the state will lose they're hemming and hot they're like oh i don't know i don't know right I so like, trust a politician to do the right thing lose, they don't want to lose out on 45 grand a month keep in mind crooks, i think the, the number is like 30 million a month in in revenue right so 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 they apply that to the idea apply that to the idea of legalization right and so you're gonna have these states that are gonna hold out and like they're not gonna be very willing like even oregon right oregon made a big deal about how that they're gonna allow exporting they didn't say anything about importing because they don't want you importing because then the revenue of that product is being made in another that tax revenue is being placed in another state so I think what we're going to see is the states are going to hold on to their market share as long as they possibly can. And that protects a lot of companies like you guys, these companies, yeah, right? I, you know, I don't, I don't think it protects the small, the, what, you know, small business. I think that the companies that have less than 20 employees, I think are going to have a hard time long-term. And, mm -hmm. and, and that is just the nature of, Modern scale business. and yeah. modern business um you know we just that that's what happens when you when you allow the state to come in and you federal, know? so federal legalization 
everybody's worried will happen tomorrow and there'll be sweeping changes that will affect us all. The first thing, fiscal notes, they're going to want to study it for at least two years. It's going to be a long process. And right now, the the feds are staying pretty. This 280E, which pretty much people don't understand that a whole lot. And I, I just to really simplify it. So, so for us, we cannot write off the any, any sort of federal taxes. Yeah. For, right. We can't write off certain things. Like we can't write off the wages for our delivery drivers. We can't write off the gas that they use to deliver the product. Like anything that's not a direct cost of the product, we can't write off. Retail stores even have even worse. They can't write off even more stuff than we can. So right now, the feds are, are stoked because they're making maximum profit, right? So, so let's say it costs $10,000 in, in fuel for me for the year, right? Typically, I could just write that off, but I have to pay for that $10,000 as if it's, it's revenue, right? Right. So, so they, they, there's no incentive for them to change that program. So when when I think federalization does happen, they're going to balance that 280E out and make sure that they're recovering that money they're going to lose by allowing that to be write-offs into a, into a tax. A uh, 5% excess tax. And, and whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah, that's going to be. 100%. And I, completely, so, and I completely agree with you. I think, you know, uh, there's too much money on the table slash, you know, they're always going to let the states do it. So it's, it's going to continue to stay fragmented, right? My question is, though, when just going what you said earlier, um, you know, the smaller companies, mm-hmm. right? In a few years, you know, four or five, you know, however many, are you going to have to be multiple states to be really competing? Or I think so, I, I think so personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do think, um, well, I touch mean, on, touch on the, the, the brewery model is really fascinating because we as a society we are all recognizing the value of a mom and pop situation that that we skipped out on before kind of right so that's come back in right so and and keep in mind too like originally washington state issued 2600 grow licenses right there's like 400 that are still active and then of those like 90 percent of the market shares in the top is in 30 of them You, you know what i mean like so it's our, the consolidation's already happened in a massive way, which is just like the natural progression of business. Like people are more efficient. You, you know, you, you, the costs keep going up. They keep raising our license costs. Overhead keeps going up. Insurance goes up. Like, every, you know, like just to operate, like your overhead is. You have to keep insane. growing to keep up with the expenses. And yeah. Sort of yeah, are exactly. You, yeah, 100%. Are you guys? So, so, yeah, sorry, keep going. Sorry. So, so as far as like the, I think if, if as long as your brand is unique, and, and, and you do a really good job and you find your niche in the market as a small company, you can do well, you know? Um, I don't wanna own a company that has just created a job for myself, right? So like, I, don't, I, I would never pursue being a window washer or a lawn care service or not to knock on that, what I'm saying is like, I'm not, I'm, I'm interested in scaling a company, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not getting into business to create a, a, a good paying job for myself. Yeah. And I'm not, which, there's, is a fine thing. which is a fine thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Those people probably have way more time off than I do. But, but so there is, I think with, we're just talking about with craft brewery. So like 
I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this because I don't yeah. have it in front of me, but like we'll just say that in, the early two, in the early the... 2000s, 95% of the market share of beer was two companies, right? Uh, Anheuser, Coors, Coors and Bush, 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 and I know exactly where you guys are going. Now they only account for I think like 61% of the market share, right? Mm. People want variety. We 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 we've all finally maybe through collectively all smoking a lot of weed, <laughs> realized that maybe we all want more than two options, yeah, right? Regional distribution is okay. Regional right? production is okay. That's why we're seeing pushback on the social media because they've not let, like there's all, the, everyone is, not everyone, but there's a lot of people who are now on the page of like, oh, they're huge. Well, I don't want to buy from them because they're huge, right? Or, Absolutely. Or, or I don't like what they represent. I want to support a company that that their core values I I respect and like, right? Yeah. And so for us now, I'm trying to hit that balancing point. And I think the only way to do that and and be the company that people still consider craft, even though they are bigger, um, is to be genuine, to maintain full control and ownership. So I don't have yeah, board members telling what that. Mm -hmm what to do quality control, quality control. i i want to go into we're in 151 stores in washington state i want to go into every one of those stores i want to walk up i want to buy an eighth off the shelf and it better be something i want to spoke right like that is what we consistent quality right yeah, but always I, consistent I, quality i will never push something out our door that is not the standard that we would want to smoke ourselves i have down to the the size of the nugs that go in a one gram and an eighth like everything is protocol to to cater to my expectation of what i want to buy yeah. right and you lose that when you have board members going well our margins would be better if we just you know so i don't want to go down that path and so you know so for us we are scaling up we are becoming a bigger company but we're doing it in an incredibly thoughtful way that maintains the consistency and experience that we gave to medical patients when we were growing a 20 light grow. Absolutely. And that is what I want to continue to do. And I think that that model is, goes really strongly against the corporate companies. You know, like I, I think I can, I can, I can, I can get in the ring. I can throw some punches like, Hey, I, I might win that one out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You have to understand what is your end goal, right? And then, and then you have to really make solid foundations and really build that that core philosophy within your company. And so, you can be yeah. a ten a ten employee company and still make it as long as you're hitting those margins. And the way to do that is to to have a solid company and, yeah, and yeah, when I think that it's being Sorry, unique man. you know yeah and, no, and having sorry, just an yeah. idea yeah. you know not flip-flopping and trying to change with the market you know yeah yeah staying in your court no 100 and 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 you know this is why you guys remind me actually a lot of the jungle boys in certain ways one is because because okay so 30 percent of the beer pro the profits in alcohol 30 percent of the profits are from craft um, you know, so I, I have a buddy who's like, he comes from the alcohol industry and he's, and I think I got the right, 
Anyway, yeah. like it's going to be competing on that craft lane, that, that 30 to 40, even probably going to be higher than, than, than alcohol. It's probably gonna be around that yeah. 45% market. Like, like, yeah. and that, I, I mean, agree. that's perfect. And so you guys, jungle boys, I think cookies is getting almost on the other side. Right. Cause they're kind of over. You, yeah. Well, I don't want to, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop. Um, we'll stop. We'll stop. <laughs> no, stop. No, 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 seriously. I mean, you know, like, yeah. so I just think it's fascinating and, and, and you guys are and like comparison wise, like jungle, like you guys keeping, I mean, yeah, I'm going to actually, yeah, well, yeah. No, no, the most There's obvious comparison, comparison is the one guy really loves to fish. I see on his Instagram all the time and I'm like, Hey, yeah, I thought just what you were gonna say. We both like, we all like fishing. The secret to cannabis success is fishing. Yeah, <laughs> ocean ground, baby. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah, Ivan and his whole team. They all go out and they yeah they go they go get the marlins. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's I mean, like I, I still yeah I think you guys are in a very good position. You're gonna be competing and and that market share, the thirty percent craft beer, like it's gonna be higher than that. It's gonna be like oh. I, and yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah, I think I think it's more it. going to be like corporate is going to be able to be thirty percent, and you're going to have seventy percent of like unique brands. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask you the question because you know I asked you know I asked this to like maybe twenty years down the line. Do you saw? I don't really want you to answer that. We'll we'll do it in another episode. And I just don't. Yeah. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. I we, think we love, we love what we do. You know, yeah. my parents all the time are like, "Why didn't you accept that offer? You should, man. You know, like they're because they're just like." very much entrepreneur don't fall in love with the business you know yeah. if you would get a good offer sell but you know use and your so, head not your heart you know but yeah. we're we're in love you know yeah. we, we love this yeah. we love, love what we it. do you know mm-hmm. we really what what would we do we would literally go start another yeah. brand and be like man they sure are messing up our brand, our baby you know like so for us it's like having a squirrel in a cage basically yeah you look at that squirrel in that cage running on that wheel and you're like that poor squirrel's just wearing itself out on that wheel i'm gonna take that wheel out of there and give it a handful of peanuts, and the squirrel's gonna be like, "I love that." No, hundred. Well, that's 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 it's very another similar answer too. Like people, you know, this is the passion. This is the people that really want to do it. Uh, yeah. So how do they intersect cannabis, falconry? You know, I saw on your guys' website, you guys have missions. Usually, it's like company mission. You know, plural. So, are those your two? You know, cannabis, falconry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for us, we we met through Falconry, right? And so um, it's a really big part of our life. Um, it's a premier natural history lifestyle is what some people describe it as. So you're, it's incredibly challenging. It's a lot like a, a boat. It's better to have a friend with a boat than have a boat yourself. <laughs> Falconry just kind of consumes a part of your life. You know, you end up training these birds and spending hundreds of hours with a bird. And then you unclip the bird and you release it into nature. And I mean, it's life and death out there, right? It's as real as it gets. And so you have this bird that you spent years training and you're watching this amazing flight and all of a sudden something tragic happens, you know, and an eagle shows up and snatches your bird out of the sky and flies away with it. And you you just go from soaring with, you know, until just like your heart just wow. drops out. You know? Yeah, I mean, falconry, we like to say like falconry will take you to your highest high and your lowest low in a span of five minutes. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah, like, it, 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 even seconds yeah i mean it's 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 epic so i mean you 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 have um you know, you've got like like let's say we're, we're hunting ducks right and there's there's ducks on a pond you've got you know like you know you're the, they're there you, you take your bird you, you take this hood off you release it it flies up you know it, it pins the ducks up a, it's a thousand feet above the pond you you take your uh you know your dog that's trained flushes the ducks 
they fly off. Your bird just comes out of just nowhere, you know, at 180 miles an hour, boom, you know, Savage. and right yeah. in front of your face. It's so epic. It's 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 like you you're so in that moment. Nothing else matters. You're completely in nature. You're 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 living truly in the moment, and like that feeling is super awesome, awesome. And, and 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 addictive like to a point you know like it's like you just want to keep doing it again once you've, you've done yeah. that and like the birds there's so much connection with the birds the falcon they're so smart um you know you're, you're dealing with an apex predator they're incredibly impatient which works really well with oh, our personalities yeah. um you yeah. know they're, they they're just so intense and they're so ready to do it and so excited to yeah. to, to do falconry with you just to give you another example, that falcon can be up there. You can flush the duck, and maybe this is a six-year-old hen mallard that knows about falcons really well. And so she stays low and pulls away from the flock, and your falcon comes in behind her, and that mallard tucks its wings and goes through a fence. And your bird's going 150 miles an hour, and it doesn't see the fence. And it dives instantly, and you watch. Yeah. And it's it's freaking awful right you but feel so many emotions in a small like you're but saying, it's that truth it's that reality through through um uh observing nature that we kind of get off on the the it's just the real it's, it's raw so real. Yeah. living yeah um, absolutely. it's incredibly challenging it's incredibly satisfying um and it's it's basically the cornerstone of our existence i mean every fall we're training hawks and falcons and every winter we're hunting with them um and so the, the way Falcana came about is our reputation in the dispensary uh, was the crazy bird people kind of, right? Because yeah. occasionally you have a baby bird and we're all working full time. We, 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 we did rehabilitation work as well. And so sometimes we would get baby birds to, that needed to do re, re, rehab work, you know? And so sometimes there'd be like a baby hawk or falcon in the dispensary, right? And so people kind of knew us as the falcon people. And so when we... Uh, we're like we need to come up with a name and we need to come up with a name that can be trademarked uh you know because if it does become federally legal like we need to make sure that you know we can register it and everything so we ended up coming up you know falcons cannabis falcana wow okay it's just i've never had you know i've never really had anybody explain to me like falconry but wow that, that's so you guys are, I get the sense you guys are kind of caretakers. I mean, you know, you guys are kind of, you know, so you're, but you're also like, you're, you're creating, or you're at least adding to this creation of the, the bird. And then you're, you know, participating in, you know, uh, human, you know, I mean, nature, right? So I, yeah. I get what you guys are saying there. Um, and, it, you, and it's a really just an amazing feeling it must be, right? Just to be, yeah. Wow. I've yeah. never had that explained. I just, that, that actually makes, I mean, I haven't yeah, thought of it, but not, it makes sense to me. It's not pet keeping. Like, no. I, I mean, we, we house them and stuff, right? And we, ha we, we keep them safe in like proper enclosures that make sure that they don't damage their feathers or their feet. They're, they're really hard to maintain uh, in health, right? And yeah. like a bird that's unhappy, they won't bathe, they'll die almost instantly like they, they they're been, they're really um several times we've lost a bird or you know you have a flight they miss the duck and they just disappear in the sunset for a while and you start chasing them around and try to find them and several times that we've lost our birds and like the next morning we'll get ready to go look for the bird again and you look out in the enclosure and they're sitting on top of the door in the enclosure yeah right because we have these ideas about freedom and the idea the the, the thought of taking a hawk or falcon and keeping it contained 
really goes against our ideas of this image of freedom, but they're animals and they're safe and they're fed and they're dry and they're happy. So when they're out there in that, in that big scary world, it's not uncommon for them to say, oh, you know what? I'm gonna come back and have the monkeys feed me a, a nice fresh quail this morning. Yeah, yeah so. and that's natural, but you guys are like train, you guys are like training, you're preparing it. Like you guys are like, you know. And we train them with drones. So like yeah. people are always like, how do you train it, right? So we do, we, we actually- They know how to- they, they, you, you're, <laughs> It's yeah. all in there. They, they have yeah. instincts to te teach them throughout their natural life history and the period of time going into their first winter most wild raptors die in their first winter, you know, mm. uh, 70 to 90% of the young of the year die the first winter because they have to eat things to survive and things don't want to be eaten. So they have to find this method. They have to create this pattern of existence that keeps them fed through their first winter. Then they have a high fidelity to that pattern of existence. And then if they're successful adults, they breed, right? And then most of their babies die because they don't figure out a way to survive. So what we do is we inject ourselves at that time frame in their life and we become, we become a part of that pattern that helps them survive their first winter, right? Because we're guaranteed food source. Even if they don't catch the duck, they still get fed with oh, us. Oh, yeah. and they know it. Right? Oh, they know. They're like, hey, <clears throat> let's go. I, I missed a duck, and yeah. I'm going to need a quail now. I love it. You know? <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that is, that's so dope. I've never, that's, I, that's, that's beautiful, actually. I, seriously, like. Man, I need to I need to come and try out a falconry sometime with you guys. Is it? I also am like a little afraid of you guys. Hope you guys know that I'm a little intimidated. You guys are, you know, like no, seriously, like like I was telling Bethany on the phone. We were talking about like, oh, you know, there's, you know, people are acting all, you know, whatever, and then there's these people that have birds, and I'm more afraid of the bird people, honestly. Like, <laughs> I'm more afraid of the falcon people. You can just go, you know, like this, and then yeah. Anyway. You guys yeah. are scary. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> you guys are scary business people. Now you're good. You're just good at business, and you guys are also scary with the. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, we just we so we we do the. We enjoy it. It's been hard yeah. to keep that. It's such a time-consuming part of our life. It's been hard to keep that going throughout this entire process. But we're kind of breaking through the other side. There were several years we just hunted with goshawks, which is a quicker and easier kind of a hunt. It's more of a sprint than this really aerial display of of power that we like with the big falcons um and now we're kind of breaking out the other side and we're, we're planning on spending some more time in montana hunting this yeah. year with the birds and oh. this last couple of years we're doing a lot of training with young yeah. falcons and we're ready to go and kind of yeah. spread our wings a little bit again so because the you have them on the fist and you sneak up to a pond and then you flush the the birds <clears throat> so if you think yeah, about so a video, i'm a little lost there yeah, yeah okay so if you think about a video game right and you're mm. choosing your car you can accelerate quickly or you can handle well, or you can have a high top end speed, all these different characteristics. So a goshawk can accelerate really quickly inside of let's say a hundred yards. When a duck is at full in full flight, a duck can outfly a goshawk, it's faster, but it doesn't accelerate as fast. So if you're hunting ducks with goshawks, you begin the process by setting up a pretty easy catch for the young birds because confidence is one of their main things. They have to think they can do it to do it. And then over the course of the season and the bird's career, you flush the pond further and further back to give the duck more and more advantage, right? We're not doing this to kill as many ducks as we can. We're doing this to see a, an amazing aspect of the evolution of an apex predator and the quarry that got them to that form. Yeah. And, and we're trying yeah, to you're facilitating it, right? Yeah. And see those yeah. interactions, you know, mm -hmm. just as often we're pulling for the duck. By the time we get a, a hawk that really knows what it's doing, 
like go 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 you know i'm like oh dang you know but i mean we see just some amazing you know things that you would never see yeah. without a bird yeah. around you know the so ducks like we see the ducks know, the ducks know. like they, they you're not shotgun hunting mm -hmm. ducks right like they they'll see the bird and if they think they can they can splash the bird instead of fly away they'll lay in the water and like splash their wings and get your bird wet and, right and they'll, they'll the dive under the water when your bird grabs them you know yeah. i mean we've had we've had ducks that like literally backflip over our bird back little. into the water yeah. You know, so Dogs so it's just bat doing like a like a matrix yeah. back over. Yeah. Most people that are, they like hiking or, or bird watching or anything, maybe you know you've seen an eagle chase a seagull or something, or you see a a, a cooper saw catch a starling. You, you know, you get this glimpse of that what's happening all around us in nature, you know, briefly and quietly, and that's one of the coolest things you see is someone that loves the outdoors. So as falconers, we just try to facilitate seeing that relationship of nature as often as yeah, we can. I agree yeah. With daily is good daily yeah. and you guys and yeah. you guys play a part no absolutely that makes it yeah and it's like you know i don't know bird watching you know i'm not gonna hate anything but like like what you, what you guys explained to me i mean that sounds way cooler but yeah. sounds way more in you guys are obviously intense people too i can tell i think yeah. it's a little intense yeah. right yeah i i'm kind of an intense person too but like i could i, I could get from you guys but that's you know i it's uh it's a good intense though. I, I love it. Um intense wow. like camping. What'd you say? I said intense, like camping. Yes, like camping. <laughs> like camping. I'm a I'm a you know I'm an Eagle Scout bird. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an Eagle, Eagle Scout. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was like I was like selling so much dope and I like <laughs> it's the Did I have this picture, I have this picture of me with the whole thing badge? on. What was that? Sorry. Did you get a little weed leaf merit badge for that? I wish, man. I would have fucking yeah. No, I, I, I wish. I would have. I would have definitely crushed that one early on. But no, yeah. I just, you know, ended up putting that. Uh, just doing all the last minute, and I have this picture of me. I'm just like in my. I'm in my. Uh, my uniform going like this, and I'm just like pounds around me. It's still funny, but um, no, I love that. Um, well, hell yeah. So this was. What was it? This is the Frame of Flower podcast, episode number 35 with the founders of Alcana, Justin and Bethany. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Sweet. Okay. Awesome.